1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. Oh, do we have a treat for you today on the Rise Together podcast? I was basically a fanboy for 40 minutes talking to an artist whose music has been so profoundly impactful on my journey over these last five months, Ben Rector. He is an extraordinary artist and songwriter. He's released seven studio albums, including Brand New back in 2015, which peaked in the top 10 on the Billboard 200, and Magic in 2018, which debuted at number one on the Billboard Americana Folk Albums chart. He is a cool, cool cat. And we have a fantastic conversation about what it means to be an artist, how that artist brings his art into the world and the way that that art has very, very specifically affected me in this journey of processing hard times. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ben Rector to the Rise Together podcast. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise, together. I am so stoked that you're here. All right, so I have just given a high level overview of your life and accomplishments. They are fantastic and they probably do no justice to what you would hope for listeners to actually know about you yourself. Will you just, for anyone who maybe is not as familiar with you and shame on them, uh, what would you like people to know about Ben Rector and his music?
0: That's a it's a, it's a good question. And one that I should get better at answering. I think realistically, uh, I didn't think I was going to be a musician and I'm from Oklahoma and I have ended up being a musician and it's funny to me that it is my job. And I think sometimes people take that as me, like I have high expectations for my work. I want it to be excellent, but I have low expectations for what is going to happen. Like all the time, I'm like, this is probably going to end tomorrow. And it has has kept going for long enough that I'm like, maybe it's not going to end tomorrow. But I just, yeah, I would say that's me in a nutshell. I would be like, I'm a relatively normal person who has an abnormal job.
1: You and I are meeting for the very first time over Zoom, but unbeknownst to you, you have been on a journey with me over the last five months of my life. Um, There's something crazy about music that... Uh, I don't know that I ever appreciated until I went through the hardest season of my life in the way that it can be an accomplice in processing grief, in healing, in sometimes provoking emotion. I was having a conversation recently with a friend who was also going through divorce. I am five months into becoming a divorced human being. And I mentioned that I was going to have a conversation with you. And she happens to have also met you at one point. And we both said the exact same thing, which was, God, I love his music. And man, do I hate the way it makes me feel sometimes, which is a crazy thing to say to you in person, but there is this unbelievable dichotomy that exists in the the tone and the soul and the spirit of your music that can in one moment provide just this amazing burst of hope and in another moment just gut you with the emotion of the way that the, uh, the lyrics feel like they were written specifically for the thing that you were processing. Oh man. A long way, a long lead up for a question, which is talk to me a little bit about how you have come to appreciate the way that music can come alongside someone in whatever their experience is. You write about beautiful relationships and heartbreak. You write about being lost at sea and finding yourself. And there's always something that someone can connect to in music, a thing that, again, I just didn't appreciate until I was going through the hardest thing in my life.
0: Well, man, first of all, I'm glad that you've, like, been affected by the music. I'm sorry if it's made you feel not great. But I think, I mean, it's it's really funny to me because, uh, and I've talked with my wife a lot about this, my job is interesting in a lot of ways, but one way that's really interesting is, like, I make a thing, and it goes out into the world, and, like, I don't really get I mean, you kind of get feedback, but typically like any feedback that someone gives you like on social media is just like, sweet. No one's like, you know, I don't have conversations with people about my music really. And it's funny to do this and to be like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's a rare like nugget of like something coming back of someone being like, hey, this affected me in a specific way. And that's an easy thing to, for me to forget sometimes because I'm not, I'm not there when people are consuming it. I mean, I'm there at a concert, but like, I do have the sense when I meet somebody at a meet and greet or whatever that it's like, Oh wow, this really affects people. And so that's an interesting thing. I, yeah, I I don't, I don't, it's not something that I hear a lot. So yeah, as far as like how the music contains those different things or like how I relate to music, I think in total honesty, I'll just be like super transparent when you, when I do it, I'm around music so much that it's important for me to have these kinds of conversations because sometimes I can get a little bit numb to it. Like, like if you're a chef just like tasting food all the time, it's easy to forget like, Oh man, like really make sure to do a good job of this. Cause this is important. Cause like, I'm just sitting in my studio and I'll, I'll write. And like, it's easy sometimes to, to forget the gravity of it. And I think as far as like, it's, it's also interesting to see what people pull out of the music because I think everyone assumes sometimes that everything is autobiographical and everything is like, this is exactly, you know, word for word, what happened. And I think sometimes I approach it more almost like a, like a painter or something. Like if people, like if I painted mountains, people would be, it would essentially be like them being like, Oh, your backyard is beautiful. And it's just like, Oh no, like I, these are just some beautiful mountains that I wanted to paint. And I I think like the, the things you're touching on, like, writing about being lost, writing about finding yourself. I think that's just like I'm in, I think everybody is in that kind of constant state of flux of like, things are good. Oh, things are not so good. Uh, And the older I get, the more that, people who don't seem to be kind of holding both of those realities, like start to a little bit weird me out. Like, I'm like, Whoa, man, like if you like totally got it all together, like I don't know if you totally got it all together.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I, I, that's, that's the way to answer that question, I guess. Well, I'm glad you find it interesting because as much as I have a list of scripted questions, I just want to share my experience with four of your songs Oh, and, and well, we, can, we can talk about anything, but there is universal processing of, unrest and grief and chaos and craziness that I can't imagine that my experience with your music is different than many of the listeners experience with (laughs) your music. So uh, in your uh, 2013 album, The Walking In Between, the song that has maybe played more on this back patio that I am sitting very, very close to, where every single night I am trying to connect with God, the universe, nature, something that can ground me in the reality that, hey, this is the thing I'm going to get through. The song <laughs> Sailboat has been a thing. And, oh. and Sailboat, for me, is this song. If you have not heard this song, humans, listen to this song immediately. It will make you both hold this like very deep sense of loss almost, because there is at the beginning of this song, this idea that you can't make the wind blow when you find yourself as a sailboat out at sea, but there's a turn in the song where you represent this interest in or belief in God knowing where you're headed toward. And so there's this like lost and hope difference that in one song, I can go from crying about feeling lost to crying about the possibility of hope. Talk a little bit about it because it is literally, I have listened to it so many times. If I turned it on right now, I would cry in front of you (laughs) because it produces tears every time I listen to the song.
0: Oh man. Well, I'm so glad you like that song. That's a, that's a, that's a deep cut, but it's also, it's one that I feel like when we play live, people react strongly to it and I feel like they like it, but it's not like if someone had a, you know, limited experience with my music, maybe they wouldn't gravitate towards that song immediately. I felt that was an important one for me to write because I feel like exactly like you're saying, I don't know, man. I just feel like I'm in a constant state of, of those two things of being like, Oh, I've, I've got it together and there is hope and direction. And then sometimes when I think about it a lot, I can get weirded out. It can be like, Oh man, like there's a lot of things that aren't hopeful and I feel just like adrift. And I think when I wrote that, I feel like of songs or maybe like, this is probably too broad a statement, but I feel like a lot of music genre wise, that's maybe about faith feels a lot like, here are the answers. They are great answers. Feel great about it. Cause it's so great. And because I'm not a, you know, air quotes, Christian artist, I like that I can touch on that stuff and just be honest about it and not have any weirdness about like, Oh, what are people going to think about this? Because I, the older that I get, I just feel like there's so much gray in everything, and that's an uncomfortable thing to talk about. If if you don't want to talk about it, or if you're not comfortable with it, but like, I kind of had moments when I was kind of writing that song of being like, "How does nobody talk about this?" Because this yeah. is what being a human adult is. Like, yeah. it's just, if 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 you're like a introspective person at all, I feel like you. That's just. I mean. I expected to like open up the book of like songs and be like, Oh, every song is about this because like, that's, that's what we're all doing. And I think I just, I hoped that it would be exactly what you're describing. Like anybody that's in that place. I just hoped that it would be like, Hey, like this is okay. Cause I mean, that's in that song. I was just processing like, you know, that, that constant state that I think you're in of being like, this is okay. I'm okay. God has a plan for things and there's a reason for things. And then like anything happens and you're just like, is any of this real? Am I okay? Maybe I'm not okay. And I just wanted it to feel like a, like a warm hug maybe. Cause I feel like in times where I feel in a weird spot, it doesn't feel super helpful for me to be like, no, but everything's great. Cause you know, I'm just like, it doesn't feel great. And now I want someone to say, it's okay that it doesn't feel great. Cause that's a, that's a thing that happens. Like, and I just, I hoped that people would feel that. So.
1: Now, in a world where my primary identity for 16 plus years was husband, and in a world where that moniker was gone, I felt like a sailboat. In a crazy way, this song was actually an invitation for permission to be okay being a sailboat, that like, it's okay that you don't actually have a clear vision for what happens next. Just have faith that next, next exists and that you're going to get to the other side of this body of water. And then in the meantime, you're going to wait for the wind. And it just like, it felt so like, again, I would cry about the, like, just the recognition of being at sea, but then I'd cry about the possibility and hope that exists and hitting the shore on the other side. That was a guarantee as well. So there was, there was beauty in that. I have i I've been doing running quite a bit. As a way to process everything that I'm going through, and I get questions all the time of like, what are you listening to? And a lot of times, people are asking like, do you have a Christian playlist? And I've described like, hey, I listen to some Hillsong. I've got you know like this or that, but I also listen to what I call Christian adjacent, <laughs> I, right? And so like, I have I have put your name, uh, Coffee Anderson, a few other a few different people, where I'm just like, you know, these are people who are not air quotes Christian artists, but l- that their faith comes into their, their music. And it's part of, I think what I love about the music is that I don't feel like it's giving me a syrupy promise for it always feeling great. It's giving me, uh, Hey, God's got this, but it also is probably going to be hard and hard. doesn't mean that it's bad.
0: All
1: right. Second song that I want to talk about, because, uh, if there was a second song that has played a lot, uh, off of the magic album in 2018, it is a song peace because uh, I have uh, dubbed this patio that is just to my right the patio of peace because it is where I am legitimately actively attempting to create peace in an unpeaceful period of my life. And the line that every single time, again, like you are a provocateur of tears at the Hollis house, I'm telling you. But every single time the turn where the line comes up that says, You find peace where you make it is the line that just like gets me. And I happen to have had my parents in town last week or the week before. And I was out in the backyard doing something with the kids. I turned the corner. We have a ping pong table. And I found them goofing with each other, like very competitively playing ping pong. And I grabbed a quick video when they couldn't see it. And I dropped that line against that moment because here they are almost 50 years married actively attempting to create peace because peace is where you find it. And it's just been this thing where in a world that can feel so unpeaceful that you have to be this active person trying to actually create these moments. I love the song. I just think it's so great. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration for writing it.
0: I also love the songs you gravitate towards because I feel like those are the ones I really love writing. And I think they're important to write, but it's also, those are not the ones that are like, getting played on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I I think what you described uh, was my heart in writing it. And I think I feel like I've had an interesting like last couple few years because I'm 33 now and it just feels like the phase of life I'm in both career-wise and life-wise is an interesting one because it's, I'm not like 18. I'm not like, I'm going to show the world. It's a little bit more like, okay, like what is my, how does my real life look in conjunction with this kind of weird job that I have? And I think something that was, uh, very helpful at first started to be really not helpful to me, which is like, I was a perfectionist and was always striving to make things excellent. And I think that's helpful for making good art in some ways, but then it can be really not helpful because I started to realize like, I can't, I don't know if I can't, or I'm not willing to live an entire life. That's just like brutally honest and critical all the time because like you know, I think when you're younger and it's about like possibility, it's easier to be like, you know, I don't know, like I'm shooting for the stars. And then when you're kind of like, hey, like here's kind of where I'm ending up, that perfectionism can like ruin a lot of stuff. And it has for me sometimes when it's just like, if you're always trying to improve and grow and whatever, there's not really any space to like stop and enjoy it because, you know, this is. Figurative, not literal, but like, okay, like if you live in a nice house, then you're like, yeah, but you know what? I really don't, I really don't like that window. So like the perfectionist in you and the sort of like improver in you is like, tear down that window and like make a perfect window. And I started to realize like, that's not, that's not really a place that I can live my whole life from because enough stuff has happened already that I never thought would happen. And I was just not happy at all. I think that's because I didn't, I wasn't learning how to be content. I was trying to learn how to like be excellent. And on some level, there's some give and take there. Uh, And I be excellent, like professionally, I'm not claiming to be an excellent person. But yeah, I think like realizing that like, okay, I'm going to have to re-engineer some of that, like desire for improvement and desire for perfectionism in focusing on like, hey, like make peace with imperfection, make peace with that this is, you know, what this is like, or that's like, because I started to realize I kept, you know, I knew it wasn't true that if I made more money, I'd be more happier. If I was more successful, I'd be more happy. But that's the only like program my brain knew how to run. It was like, Hey man, you're, you're not going to be happy with more of anything. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know that totally, totally. And then like the next day you're like, so maybe I'll get back to writing and then I'll try to do a bigger tour so I can, whatever. And it's just like, Hey man, that doesn't work. So start now to try to figure out how to like make peace with things because the idea that you're going to be able to like build your way to satisfaction is just fundamentally untrue. Like I feel totally fine saying that that's the pattern that I've seen replicated in my life and in other people's lives who are successful. And so I was just like, I should say that in a song because I feel like in kind of the hustle culture or like follow your dreams culture, there's this kind of like i don't know what to call that like the thing that is being sold is like if you could just find what you're passionate about and what your dream is and then do it then you'll be happy and i want to just like run out into the street to the sign that says that's not true get good at being happy where you are. Cause that's the only place you're ever going to be. Um, good, Yeah. So that's, I, that, that was just kind of like my heart in, in writing that song.
1: I love it. I will tell you at the end of running in the morning, I find a rock in nature. I tend to do a meditation, pray, listen to music. And one morning I'm sitting on my rock in the middle of nowhere, Texas, having my moment of peace, I put on the song. And the catalyst of listening to the song ended up turning into a journaling session where I decided to make a list of the things that I could be grateful for because of the divorce, because of the quarantine, because of, like I, I, I was, I was trying now to, Hey, can I, can I find silver linings in the headwinds that have been presented in a way that might afford me peace in seeing something good that's come from something that, I wouldn't have wanted to happen in my life or that I wish hadn't happened. Mm. And the reframing of some of the stuff that I'm going through just because of, again, like the song was a thing that just like it clicked something in me and it turned into this beautiful thing that was in some ways the beginnings of a turning point in a journey through this experience of grief. So I'm just, I'm grateful for Mm. you, man. It happened on a rock down in Wimberley, Texas. I'll tell you what.
0: Thank, thank, thank you for listening so in depth. It's, I mean, this is, this is wonderfully encouraging for me. So I really appreciate it.
1: All right. Third song. Here we go. Uh, off of the brand new album in 2015. I did not intentionally pick different albums. It just ac- actually ended up working out that way. But the song that is maybe number three in my most listened to songs in the last five months of this experience is 30,000 feet. And I, I love, I just love the song. It is such a good song sitting next to an older person who's got life experience and sharing the experiences of life and the perspective that can come when you are flying that high above the insanity of whatever like sits on the ground, the Mm -hmm. end of the song, I've walked into harder times. I've walked out the other side. It seems like you end up getting what you need. Yeah. Looking down from 30,000 feet, life's been good to me. And I happened to, I'm gonna cry about this, geez, but I happened to listen to this song. I was listening to this song when my 99, almost 98 year old grandmother called me while I was in the pickup line to get my kids. So this song is on, it's all about perspective. My 99 year old grandma happens to call as if there's anything that just happens to happen. And she's asking me, hey, what's, uh, what's going on? How you doing? How's Texas? How are you processing all of the things? And I told her like, hey, you know, it's been hard, but good. I was like really struggling and also finding silver linings. And I was talking to her about this idea of both, that you could do both like hard and good things that you could grow uh, and still experience pain. And she said something in that conversation that happened to be interrupting your song that was, hey, at 99 years old, almost, I can tell you this, I have been through many, many hard things. And the thing I can guarantee you is that you will get through this and you will have more hard things come. But the perspective that I have at 99 is one that affords me the knowledge that you're going to get through it and it will create strength for you to persevere through the next thing. Hang up the phone with Grandma Lee, Back to 30,000 feet, and it felt like this god moment of like, wow. yo, the perspective that comes at 30,000 feet or from a 98 year old woman, these are the things, Dave, that you need to hear in real time. And so, the combo platter of Ben Rector and <laughs> Grandma Lee Farrell was just like a magic moment, but perspective in a season that everyone is experiencing the upside down world. Like, again, it's just like it's so topical even if it wasn't written necessarily for the times that we find ourselves in since it's five years old. uh, I think it's just so relevant for what everyone's going through.
0: I mean, it's good, good, good company. And sounds like your grandmother is 10 times wiser than uh,
1: I may, may ever be, but that's awesome. Right on. All right. So then the fourth song, I'm talking more than I'm at, than I'm, than I'm having you talk, but I woke up this morning and I listened to a new single that actually dropped today. Thanksgiving song is out. It's interesting because in a world where I'm walking towards the first major holiday post kind of family unit, the Mm -hmm. thing that will bring us all back around the table ends up actually being Thanksgiving. And so, of course, I found meaning in a song that I've only listened to three times. But uh, talk a little bit about Thanksgiving song. I believe it's included in an upcoming Christmas album. Give us just a little taste of, like, what was the inspiration and what uh, else people can expect from the album?
0: I decided I was going to record a Christmas album when I figured out that we were not going to be doing Normal Life for a minute. And so I was like, this is a good time to record it because there's nothing going on and this is the best thing that I can do that is productive. And so... As I was preparing, because I, I, we did a bunch of classic Christmas songs, which I think is like some of the best music ever. And half the reason I did it was just because it's it's such fun, good music. I think people forget how good those songs are because you're just used to them. And it's actually, Christmas music is like the greatest hits of like the last hundred years. And I think people are like, yeah, yeah, Jingle Bells, whatever. But if you want to like actually zoom in on those songs and look at them, they're like just masterpieces. So it was fun to record them. And as I was doing that, uh, my manager had kind of been like, you should write a Christmas song. And I kind of tried and it's just like, man, people have kind of got the bases covered and I feel weird putting my like Christmas song entry in next to the ones that are like, yeah, yeah I've been here for 75 years and I'm the best song ever. And I, just, I didn't have any, I didn't have any unique thoughts. I, I couldn't, uh, as I was thinking about, it, I was like, I've never heard a Thanksgiving song and that's potentially at least in America, more universal than Christmas even because everybody celebrates Thanksgiving and it's a great holiday. Like, I feel like it kind of got short into the stick as far as music. Like Christmas got a whole genre and if it was like, let's listen to Thanksgiving music, one, I've never said that. And two, there's none to listen to. So I I sat down and I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. Like surely someone else has thought of this and I just don't know about it. And so it was one of the kind of rare moments where a song came out quickly and kind of as a formed thing. And it was interesting. uh, So my wife and I had twins in late June and it's been hard for me to, between the pandemic and that, connect to uh, a ton writing wise because I think a lot of what gives me creative inspiration is just like bumping into things and people in everyday life. And so for the past while, our life has been just like taking care of Jane and the twins. I'm not going anywhere to play shows. And it was so interesting like to, with a prompt, almost like the Thanksgiving song, it just like brought out so much of like, wow, like I'm watching like someone else kind of take my, and our place in our, you know, extended family, like we used to be at the kids' table and now our kids are at the kids' table. And like my, you know, grandparents are gone, but I'm starting to see like one of my nephews looks so much like my grandfather. And it's just this crazy thing that is making me feel so much of like, oh my gosh, like, that means like, I'm not gonna be around forever and I'll be so sad when my kids, you know, are still here and I'll, I'll want to be with them. And I think also just kind of the overarching theme of some of the sadness this year uh, and some of the kind of like things being shaken up and just the older you get, life just gets complicated of realizing like, man, I'm actually looking forward to Thanksgiving partially because like there's a lot of things in life are not great and it makes me appreciate all of the things that are even close to good because that just makes me be like, Hey, like hold on to any, any wins. Cause like, like, as you get older, life just gets harder and more complicated. So like, gosh, just even that, you know, I, you know, will be able to sit down and look at my family and be like, you know what, this is hard. And some it's complicated sometimes, but I'm really thankful for you guys. And I don't know. It just, it was interesting that like writing a song about Thanksgiving was the most I could connect to like
1: writing lately. Um, So that's kind of where it came from. I love, here's the thing. I love it. There's, there's one line early on in the song, funny how this all looks different, but it all feels the same. Like how life never stops changing, but some things never change. There's Mm -hmm. something in that Thanksgiving tradition, the table, the games, the food, the camaraderie, the family that, in a world where everything feels like it's changed, that you could have a single constant feels like a safe Harbor in a place where we all need that Harbor so bad. Totally. And I think it's, I I
0: realized, you know, I think the older I get, the more I appreciate stuff like that. I feel like all of the cliches that you hear, you start to, they're true when it's just like, Oh man, family is the most important thing. Like I feel like when you're young, you're like, Oh yeah, I love my family totally. And then you realize you're like, Oh wow. Like that's, that's a that's a big deal and even silly stuff like having traditions at any holiday just to be like oh like this is important in like the fabric of you know my 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 life and as hillary and i and our kids now it's like okay like now we're going to create those for our family that's like whoa this is i am i am now at that place where like my kids are going to be like hey like you did this. and it's like, well, we're just making it up. I don't know,
1: so <laughs> wild times. Traditions being born in real time. I'm sure that it's uh, gotta be a little bit strange to see when you create what ends up popping, but have there been surpri- like big surprises for you over the course of the career where you're like, man, I had no concept that that was gonna be the song that people wanted to sing along with at a concert or got you know, a ton of play on radio. Mm-hmm. And in, in you know the writing process, maybe you didn't see it and then all of a sudden it became something. My, the
0: interesting thing about my career, I think most people, and this is fair, I think most people think of entertainment careers and they, they think they look like kind of like a hockey stick or something like an exponential curve where it was like nothing, 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 boom, everything. And because of the way my career has grown, it's just been like slow, steady growth. And so because of that, and because I haven't, worked with like record labels a ton there haven't been people telling me like oh you got to write this you got to write that part of what that has afforded me and there's been definite challenges because of that too but part of what is that that's afforded me is like I get to write songs like the ones that you were talking about earlier that I don't think a label would be excited about those songs because they'd be like man like nothing's going to happen with this but for me as an artist like uh, in in the sense of like, not just like my profession as I'm an artist, but like as a, a person who makes art, it's been super important to me to write those songs because I feel like in some way and I'm not, don't have any like delusions of grandeur, like the world needs my music. Like, I don't think that, but like, I think that it can be used to like actually help people. And I think like I feel thankful that I am in any position for someone to be affected in a positive way by my work. So I would almost feel like there's two types of song. I mean, there's more than two types, but like there's the songs that will like go out into the world and hopefully like people will enjoy them and feel things. And maybe it will like bring a few more people into my small camp of people who are into my music. And then there are songs that I think will probably not bring people in, but might like deepen a connection. And so songs like sailboat or the the ones you're talking about, it's interesting because I feel when I wrote peace at this point, I've released a number of records and I knew I was like, this is going to be just like stats wise, the least popular song on this album. But I also knew that there's going to be some people that are like, that is my song. And part of the, What I'm thankful for is that I get to like make that call and be like, Hey, this is never going to be played on radio. Probably will never be placed in a movie or TV show. But I think it's an important statement that I think might be good for someone somewhere. And I think it's a good perspective to put out there. And so I'm so grateful that I get to make art in that way that I'm not like, Oh my gosh, like I just have to make a record that's 10 songs trying to be singles. And hopefully one of them works. like, I don't know if there's been any songs that I was like, whoa, like never saw that coming. But I would also say I approach it with like different songs having different purposes.
1: Yeah. that's that. a beautiful portfolio approach. And on behalf of me and the back patio of peace, the world does need your music because you. you have fundamentally, I mean, fundamentally been complicit in helping me in a journey and those songs If you had not written them, if you'd just gone all pop, all radio, all whatever that was going to get like mainstream attention, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. And I would not be as far along on the journey that I am because this music has been cathartic and therapeutic and beautiful in a way that... I mean, I'll listen to it again tonight and I'll cry about it and I'll not even be able to tell you until the next time we talk. But uh, you're, you're, the world needs so, it, man. You're
0: so kind to say that, man. I really
1: appreciate it. Right on. All right, I'm gonna wrap this up. I appreciate you spending time with me. Honestly, it's been such an honor to have you here. I try to end every episode asking a simple, single question. It's not simple, I'll just be okay. honest. Uh, and that is, if there was a single takeaway, if there was a single thing that you would hope that this audience might leave with an actionable piece of advice that might make their life a little bit better, might afford them a little bit more peace, might give them a little bit of hope inside of this crazy upside down world. What single piece of advice would you give for our listeners? Wow.
0: I know it's hard. I need, I, I need like a year to prepare for that question. <laughs> um, single piece of advice. I, I would preface it with that I'm in no way qualified to give that that high level advice that's like asking, you know, me like how to fix a rocket. I'd be like, you should ask somebody else that question. (laughs) I don't don't know about how this works. Single piece of advice. I think I would maybe just say like what you, you, what you referenced about the song piece. I think that we would all be better off. And I don't, I don't think this means like don't have aspirations, don't have dreams, but I feel like currently so much I see in culture is like, it's out there. You just haven't found it yet. And like, it's waiting for you. It's going to be so awesome. As a person who chased a dream and it's gone better than I thought it would, high school me would just be like, this is your life. Oh my gosh. I would just say like, hey, it's not out there in that way. It's not like, oh, you just haven't unlocked it. right, But like all your dreams are just behind this door. I would just be like, try as much as you can to see the beauty in where you are and give yourself grace and maybe you will end up in another place and you will start that business you wanted to start and it will go well. But I promise you the weird, you know, Oh man, like, am I happy? Is this good feelings that you have right now? You will have in a bigger house with bigger rooms and you will have in a different job you'll have all of that. So to me, like what I would tell, like my kids, I would just be like, aim for excellence, like try to do as well as you can and know that you're not going to be any happier than you are right now. You're just not, I'm not any happier than I was when nobody listened to my music. And I was like living in a tiny duplex, 0% happier, but should be much happier. I should be like, oh, dude, this is just vacation every day. And it's like, dude, I'm so anxious and stressed out like all the time. So I just like want to I, I want to like practice that, you know, discipline of being grateful and, and trying to like make peace where I am because I just it's hard for me. So I would say that I would say I love it's, it. it's
1: not out there. It's right here. So just like stop looking around and look right where you are and be like, this is it. This is good. Ben Rector, you're a good dude, man. I really, really appreciate you being on here. If uh, humans who are listening are interested in following you on social or seeing your discography or uh, do you have a website, do you have a social handle? Where, Where can people follow you on the interweb?
0: Here's, here's what I'd say the easiest thing I think is just just Google my name and you can go wherever you want from there because I could say Benrectormusic.com but then you're probably you know, you're know, you gonna look at it and you'll be like, well what's the deal really with this guy? Are you gonna go to Wikipedia or you, I don't you can go to Spotify you just Google it and you whatever wherever you want to take it it's fine or don't. That's also fine.
1: I love you man. Thank you. Thank you listeners for listening if you this week got any value out of this conversation and how you not have. Please take a picture of this. I want you to tag myself, tag Ben on your social handles and tell every human being you've ever met in your entire life to both listen to this episode and listen to every single song that Ben has ever written. I promise you, (laughs) it will change your life. Between now and next week, find peace where you make it. Uh, We'll see you on the next episode of Rise Together. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.